The Big Ten referees are still the worst in the nation, and it's entirely possible that this is the reason why both the men's football team won and the women's soccer team lost. Alas. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by a man fully dedicated to our soccer pivot, Kevin Greck, the man who never doubted Jalen Berger for a moment, Alex Plum, and later we will be joined by a man who insists you thank him for his service, <laughs> Nate Cooley. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Who wrote this? I <laughs> I have feelings about this. I uh, uh, you, the way you feel about this introduction is how I feel about the 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 actual cold open, which mm, I, I didn't write. No, there's no telling who wrote that. <laughs> it's true. It true. definitely was not geared to a very small population of people. About the women's soccer officiating crew, who who could hey, have wrote something like that? Hi, buddy. <laughs> Love you. All right. Uh, yes, as alluded to later on, we're going to be joined by at one cool Nate on Twitter, uh, who is uh, Nate Cooley, a, a man who lives and works in Coronado Island for the Navy and uh, had some intimate knowledge of our upcoming game uh, against Gonzaga on, um, I forget, the J.J. Abrams is what, is that the boat he said it was on? That's it. All right. Uh, all right. For him, JJA. Uh Thank you, of course, uh, everyone, for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Kevin, it is a packed show. I've alluded we have a guest coming up later. Actually, you know what? Not you, Kevin. Alex Plum. Alex Plum did not talk enough Son during of a the C segment. So, Alex... What is the structure of this show? I first, now you're pulling the curtain back. Now they know that we record that before we record the show for first time listeners. It's going to be very disorientating. It's very upsetting. Secondly, you have consistently been calling on Kevin to give the overview of the show structure. And this week I was going to step on him and try to talk each time he did to be interrupting. So I don't know how you understood that, but Thank you I'm for disappointed. Your oh, you're welcome. You All right. Thing. I did the thing. All right. We start behind the green wall where football always leads. We are going to be discussing uh, the only game I've enjoyed this season so far, which was our victory over Illinois. And then, because it is the best season of all, we are going to talk about the Michigan State men's basketball program. We had an exhibition against Grand Valley. We didn't learn much, uh, but we have some thoughts. And then we are going to talk about soccer because that's what this podcast does. Uh, we're not heading off Grand Weaver this week because we have to preview the Rutger game and then games uh, and then the game against uh, Northern Arizona. Uh, and what the fuck is with Big Ten Plus? We'll talk to Nate C because we think he is one cool guy. And uh, then we're going to take your Twitter questioners because that's what we do here. And it should be about six hours. So buckle in. <laughs> I love that energy. Thanks, Alex. Uh, all right. Yes, let's head behind the green wall. Sport that always leads football. Uh, Michigan State played a game of the football, and they won 23-15, taking down number 16, Illinois, on the road, making it Mel Tucker's fourth road victory against a ranked team. Never doubted it. None of us ever doubted it, even for a moment. And I'll say this. Did you see the stat? I saw a stat that said 
seven and zero in one score games. Mel Tucker. Yeah, yeah we'll get right. to that. It's okay. wild. Yeah, uh, I I just I think I'll lay the table at just as a you know we're going to talk I think a little bit more uh, at the back end of it, but uh, you know in light of all that we discussed uh, after. I think we said when we recorded last week that it's possible more suspensions are coming. Um, Michigan state ultimately suspended eight defensive players, including uh, multiple defensive backs, multiple defensive ends and their best linebacker slash defensive end slash player. player. It's not not a punter. (laughs) Yeah. In advance of this game and uh, low, showed up defensively uh like we, let's get into it greg i know i'll start with you because you had some thoughts lined up um what did you want to talk about Le- what you lead the charge of the round robin what's topic number one i think we start with that uh, under those personnel circumstances that the defense ended up playing the way that they did and and i think if you look at the at the box score for this game it is decidedly in Wisconsin's advantage. And there's two things that aren't in that box score. One is punting by by the man himself, Punt Jesus. Punt Jesus. Uh, and then two is, of course, uh, fourth down conversions. I think that is the whole game. MSU stopping uh, Illinois on fourth down and MSU converting uh, when it counted on fourth down. So, um like I know how much people have been going at Scotty Hazelton, and I know that having Matt Millen tell you that Scotty Hazelton is is a good offensive or defensive coordinator makes you want to believe that he's an even worse defensive coordinator than you did already. Um, but I I have <laughs> just plum plum was just flailing wildly and then clapping. Um, I think you got to be happy with the performance that was given on on saturday yeah i uh i mean one for six to your point uh is what we held north uh, not northwestern indiana oh geez wow illinois uh one for six on fourth downs that's pretty incredible six for 17 on third downs um making the convert i'll just tack on well i'll wait plum what did you what did you think of the defensive effort uh, amazing listen if our defenders are going to be as uh uh skillful as being able to beat defenseless players about the head and neck with their helmets uh when they're not playing just think about how good they could be playing on the field with even a fraction of that energy and this this is what the i don't know what sturdying defense we had this game but my god they learned take the tunnel energy and just bring it into the game you have 60 minutes to do something fun or no 48 minutes to do something fun do those things and do them well so So it was exciting for me. The goal line stands, uh, forcing Illinois to just completely fuck up all their averages in the red zone. They already had been struggling, I think, in the red zone on the season. But my God, it continues to be beautiful to see this team stand guys up right there, fourth down. And like, what was it? Put at, 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 at our three um, in that first drive, you know, this is the kind of thing that uh, wins football games. And this was what won us a football game. God knows we'll get into the offense. It was not our offense. We won despite ourselves. Uh, this was a defensive win, and I am grateful for it because this is the defense we knew we had. We just hadn't seen. Before yeah. we get into the negatives, Jonesy, what about you? Positive. Well, I was just going to follow up as a little stat on on Plum's discussion. You know, uh, one for four, uh, they were in the red zone. We were four for five in the red zone. Um, the... For me, it you know the the defense 
is is a, a microcosm of the the team at large, and and that is to say that, and we I think we talked about this earlier in the season, but it's even more acute in light of what happened last weekend. That that well, there are some questions about the ways in which Mel Tucker maybe has folks uh, paying attention to details uh, that we have some questions about, but mm-hmm. he has not lost the locker room, like could have, should have, would have lost the locker room in light of a number of things. But dudes show up and they, as annoying as it is, they keep chopping, right? Like he, especially when you consider the game opened with a pick. Like, yes. To have the team, I like, I gave up. That's when I decided I would actually clean the garage during the game and I would work towards getting a TV out there and plugged in, Um, which I did, by the way. So I'll be be cleaning the garage for all of the subsequent games for the rest of the season. (laughs) I was listening to Jaden Reed after the game and he was talking about how like that he's never, never really experienced something like this. Hasn't had. Adversity. Not like this. I mean, not like, hey, we thought we were going to be pretty good. Bunch of dudes got hurt. Like, and then, you know, just shit just kind of started to suck and and was it was effusive in we all are here to play for each other. And so while it, it is not going the way we thought it was going to go, like it was very real about like no one, no one thought it was going to happen this way. No one wants it to happen this way. But we're here to play a yeah. full game of football together. Yep. Yeah. It's well said. Um, uh, it's well said. Let's, let's talk about the end of that football game though. Uh, the end of the first half was like a little, it was like a little foreshadow. A boost. Of a the, oh, and of the end of the game. Uh, yeah, we had, uh, I want to shout out cause someone DM'd it to us and asked, uh, Justin Schubat uh, asked specifically if we could talk about clock management. Um, because, He's he called out like it happened in the Rutgers game last year. I don't know if it was the Rutgers. It, it's not the first time no, that this, this has, has been a problem. Times. And it happened last week. Uh, it happened, I think, in the Wisconsin game as well. Like, this has been a thing. So, Greg, what was your takeaway? Uh, my well, at the time, my heart rate accelerated to like 120, 130, 140 beats per minute. Um, that was my takeaway then. Uh, we talked about this after the game. Like, this man has been around a lot of football. This man's watched a lot of football. I've heard he's played a lot of football. Speaking of an audience, for one, I've heard this excuse made for him that defensive coordinators struggle with this. Defensive coordinators know what they want the offense to do or and yeah. not do in these situations. Yeah. So I I don't know that I buy that argument. I just. The the fact that no one was able to call a timeout when clearly the offense was struggling to get a play call in, and then the fact after that that a pass was called to I, I think in the press conference both Tucker and Thorne was talking talking about how Eli Collins I think was the intended receiver wasn't looking like it doesn't matter why did you throw that ball like well, yeah so I think we got to separate these into two things. Okay. Because I, I like I because you're right, and I think part of our conversation though was where's JJ in all of this? And My, it's, yeah, go ahead. So if I can just lay like I think there are time management issues, and then also to your point, like there were two plays in a row 
that Peyton Thorne is looking to the sidelines like WTF. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally hands in the air. Hands in the like, air. Yep. And so, you know, if you're Mel Tucker, you're a head coach that buck stops with you, right? Like you ought to be watching that and saying timeout, right? Like, and, and so this is, this is a different iteration on a, on a similar problem, which is just late game. The moment matters like, and, and messing it up in different iterations of messing it up. But there's a second separate problem that is also a question that folks have. Mm-hmm. And that is, what are these fucking play calls? And that is a Jay Johnson problem in my mind. I'm not sure. Because I think the general strategy belongs to the head coach. And that sure. we've seen him on the sideline call pass or run in certain situations, he's not micromanaging like what the play is, but the strategy of how to handle it. I think that's the head coach. I mean, what? But how much strategy is there? It's third and 24. And if you give Jay Johnson the option, he's going to run Jalen Berger right up the fucking middle into a wall of 30 men. I so, mean, th- this isn't critical thinking. Yeah. So, oh, good. We're going to run it or we're going to pass the fucking ball. I, it, it's the details. Jay Johnson I, doesn't have them. In, for me, making the point that is the head coach in these situations, Mark D'Antonio, what he would have done is he would have taken three knees. He would have <laughs> talked to the kicker and been like, where do you want the ball? We're going to knee it. We're going to kick it the <laughs> last possible second. And if you make it, that's great. If not, we're giving it back to them with seven seconds left or whatever it would have been. Like, yeah, like truly it would have been like yeah, he, 20. He would have, been, he would have iced the end of the game. Is your Correct. That's, yeah. that's right. Uh, and so and you could have dealt with Galen Berger running up the middle for a two-yard gain, and like at least at third and four makes it mildly interesting, right? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, I yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, that's fair, but you, you have to admit the play calls are bizarre. bizarre. Also bizarre. Yeah, I I I I only want to see Jalen Berger used in that slant route where he's open and he collects the ball at a pass. I don't want the ball handed to him. He doesn't know how to run it. Our offensive line is incapable of creating holes for him. He doesn't know where to go. He goes in the same direction every time. He is as inept at running the ball as I would be. And yet, once... Twice on a good Saturday, he has this perfect position where they do something sneaky, and all of a sudden there he is, and he has 10 yards because he caught the ball. That's when I like Jalen Berger. That's the only time. I like I, so, Plum, I want to just follow up on that because I, I think sneaky isn't quite right, though it, it's— well, to the late, to the untrained eye, it's no, no, very I mean, sneaky. It's because it's something that we've had success doing— a decent amount this year. We just don't seem to do it very much. Mm, that's is, the play calling, which is running outside zone. Right. And, and which is, I mean, like we're not going to get into the nitty gritty, but like it, it's outside. <laughs> like you, instead of For between zone. the tackles, you're moving outside. Right. And, and Jalen Berger, because he is a one cut back. So he's not really great at like, I'm going to feel my way around and find the gap. Right. Like it is a, I'm going to get out here. I'm going to, I'm going to turn a corner. I'm going to bust up the, up the field. And like, and we saw him run a couple times rather successfully Mm. in this game. And it's, it's maddening. (laughs) Like Jay Johnson to me has just been subpar. You know who really likes Berger though? Who? Burt Bielema. 
Get it? Did you guys get it? There's a <laughs> there was a Burt Bielema fat joke. Yeah, uh, it was a fat joke. Yeah, Batman I'd be is shaming. Thick. Though. He like, is very thick. He is, and he's only getting thick. thicker. He wasn't yeah. that thick when he was in Wisconsin. And he this wasn't is that thick uh, at the beginning of the year when I watched him play Indiana. Like I think I think he's maybe he has there. goiters. He might have goiters. If I lived uh, in fucking Urbana Champagne, I'd have fucking goiters. <laughs> but Jalen Berger. Plump, just for the record, average five point. Don't yards no, I don't want to hear the number of yards he carries. An Illinois defense that's supposed to be good against the run. Well, posed to be. That's a lot. Case of the supposed to be. Listen, Jalenberger so is trash yards ass. Net eighty one. So. Yeah. So speaking mm-hmm. of the supposed to be, do we want to talk about the West Division right now and <laughs> what this means for East versus yeah, West? So I tweeted this out, and I don't know that anyone really loved it as much as it deserved, but. <laughs> If you do say so yourself. <laughs> if you say yeah. so yourself. I mean, you could make a convincing argument that near the bottom of the barrel for the East is Michigan State in Indiana this year. And they both beat Illinois the best of the West. The bottom of the East beat the best of the West. And that is pathetic. Yeah, it's that's, bad. It's, it's a, bad. a bad Michigan State team that just suspended eight starting players on defense. Uh-huh. Like, get out. Oh, uh, there's no excuse. No, there's no excuse. The one thing the West has is Purdue, you know, which tends to be the, the perennial thorn in the side. Of anybody? Of, of, of anyone and everyone, inexplicably and unacceptably. Uh, let's talk about Eli Collins. He had another great game. In fact, I feel like he had some of his most minutes, probably because, I don't know, no? Am I wrong? He had I feel four like- attempts. That was it. I felt like this was a good Saturday. Well, he he had. He, I'm sorry. He also caught the ball three times for 20 yards. That's why. Uh, the that doesn't make sense. Three yard, three catches for 20 yards with a long of 21. So there must be some lost yardage in there. Mm. Um, no doubt, Peyton Thorne's fault. No doubt. Oh wait, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We should talk about Thorne because Matt Millen wouldn't stop uh, on the broadcast. God, he did play well. I mean, we'll see. We'll find out maybe at some point. Calls that he was supposed to make or audible out of. We've been hearing about that, but uh, he had a nice little connection with Reed that kind of took me back to a, a better time. When they were um, in middle school together? Yep. <laughs> Before I burned down Naperville, Illinois. Um, Broussard came out of nowhere. And uh, we got Trey Mosley. We saw what can happen on the offensive line without Jared Horst. Let's ask this question, though, because for as everyone knows, the wind worked against us. That's what we'll say, right? With that Mm -hmm. first uh, that first pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the wind was obviously working for him the rest of the game. I mean, there's just just, there's nothing else one can say about it, because we've seen this season. He has regressed. He's regressed into a sort of state which one can only describe as severe brain damage um <laughs> unable to like fine motor skills gone like significant deterioration of multiple indices and cortices of the brain um this and so here covid situation perhaps this is this is one of those like someone's gonna hit the jackpot on the lottery and and it just happened to be the wind and our friend peyton thorne him continuing to start at the position of quarterback is a violent assault on the dignities of every American citizen and any fan of the Michigan State University. Jay Johnson and Mel Tucker should be reproached with violence, if necessary, 
for what they are doing to the dignity of all of us. For shame, Peyton Thorne, for shame. Noah Kim for president. <laughs> I don't care if he had a good game. I, you know, a, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. So. Uh, real quick, it just calling out, I'm just like, I'm looking through the participation uh, notes for the mm-hmm. game. And like, so first of all, Jaden Mangum back. I don't okay. know how that dude came back to play. Not football. dead. We're glad to hear it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but like, see, I can't believe he got back that fast. I can't believe he opted to continue playing football after what happened to him. Um, but Jeremy Bernard obviously played. Uh, yep. Tyrell Henry played. Aday Willie played. Um, Jordan Simmons played. Uh, Carson Castile played, who was a, a, one of the first linebacker recruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malik Spencer got some run. Um, Montori Foster, Cade McDonald, like there were some hmm. freshmen in this game, uh, which is, uh, you know, you would expect to see in light of the suspensions, but, yeah. um, anyway, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this team. It, it is worth noting that, uh, the dudes who did play, uh, at the linebacker spot in particular are particularly well positioned to play against an attack like Illinois. Because it's that sort of downhill, mm. like I need a linebacker who can just stuff a hole situation, which is good for Ben Van Sumeren and, and the like. But um, anyway, before we put a bow on football, poll yeah. for you guys. I'm not answering this question. This is for the two of you. With two games remaining to get to six wins, uh, two wins, uh, and you know you've got a Rutgers coming up, you got an Indiana coming up, you got a Penn State coming up. Would you guys say that reports of MSU football's death are greatly exaggerated? Or would you say that reports of MSU football's death are accurate? Are they going to get to six games? Six wins. Uh, I think we were finding out that the Xavier Henderson injury was a big fucking deal. Um, I think Graham Couch wrote about that, actually. But, I mean, I'd like to... I'm going to take a couple victory laps. Called that one uh, earlier than most folks did. Um, I suspect that this is a fine team at best in a, in a best case scenario. And we are not living a best case scenario. So like we probably win that Minnesota game, right? If, if we are fully healthy on, on defense, uh, but hopefully we're trending towards W's with Rutger and Indiana putting us in the bowl eligibility sphere. Maybe, maybe you sneak out a W at Penn state. Who knows? Like I'm not certainly not predicting it, but I, there's a lot of this year that I think you just are going to look at and you're like, that sucked. Yeah. And, and like, that doesn't mean the team did right. It just sucked. Hmm. I'm, uh, I'm actively, uh, this is just so stupid, but I'm still going to say it out loud and probably regret it tomorrow. I don't want us to win. I want us to continue to lose. Um, I'm not rooting for a bowl game. Yeah, I know it's stupid. I don't care. I, <laughs> Uh, we're not good. I don't want to see a shit fucking team make it to the the champ sports bowl. We've tried champ that before. Garbage toilet bowl. The ass fuck bowl in, in <laughs> Clio, Michigan. I mean, tell me why is that this that is, is. I always wondered where that was. Is it with Clio or Clio? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. County line 10, baby. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think that it makes sense. And so plus, plus. 
in some universe of spin, there's some horrible justification that comes out of this. Oh, we found our metal. We had all these adversities. Peyton Thorne had brain damage, and then we had this assault in the tunnel, and look at us. We made a bowl game. Like, oh, fuck, no. And now no one is getting fired. There is zero accountability. Jay Johnson's back at the helm, doofusing him fucking third and 21. We're running it right up the middle. I mean, I'm – I listen, and even if we don't make a bowl game, I'm quite confident that both Scotty and Jay are coming back next season because I'm not convinced that Mel Tucker knows what the fuck is going on. But – a bowl game does not help the situation at all. And we have serious issues to contend with. Not least of which Xavier Henderson is not coming back next season injury or not. And I don't, we, we thought this season was bad. Who the fuck is coming in from behind? There's no worse. There's we've had no gains. There's no like, Oh, look at all this experience. We're getting on the field, fucking the dog every week. God, we're going to be great next year. I don't know what the hell there is to be happy about unless you literally fire everyone and just spend fuck tons in the portal. So I know that's not quite how it works with the money, but I don't care. I'm so glad I asked that question. Okay. Right, where we can move on. No, 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 no. You can't get away without like after Plum says that I need you to, to address firings. Yes. Everything. Everything. Featherings. Yes, in, yes. in the way that Jonesy's answer was a perfect Mike Jones answer and the way that Plum's answer was a perfect Alex Plum answer. I'll provide a perfect Kevin Greck answer in saying, eh, I, I think we end up going bowling. <laughs> that wasn't the question you. <laughs> Charlatan. That's it the was word the I was going to use. It was the question. Are we going bowling? I think the answer is yes. Uh, all right. I don't really want to talk about additional suspensions other than to say that they happened. Um, I, I do want to, um, there are a couple things that I want to talk about that are related to these suspensions. One is we got pushback from somebody on the idea that we thought everyone should be off the team. Um, I sat on that and thought about it a fair amount. Um, and I certainly think Kari Crump should be off yeah. the team. Yeah. I likely think that Jacoby Windman should be off the team based upon the video evidence that I've seen. Um, and this I'm is the just to clarify. This is the stomping. This is the like no, direct helmet to head. No, no, yes, this is this is the helmet and the Proper person the who yep. and Jacoby Windman turned around, put his helmet on, and appeared to take a boxer stance. But like certainly at one point in time, was holding the dude who got slapped with the helmet. So like, um, but you know the the analogy was made to um, and I, I like I don't want to call the person out because I, I'm not trying to take direct issue because I'm sure other people think the same thing that this isn't substantially different than a bar fight. And, and, and I imagine that varying folks are going to receive varying degrees of suspensions. And I'm open to the idea that Mel Tucker is going to dole out what he thinks is a just and adequate punishment to fit what the culpability of each individual person was. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine. I just, my pushback on that comment would be that I don't know that I, we need to accept a world in which bar fights happen. Like, sure. I don't know that we need to accept that violence outside of sport is acceptable in any scenario That's right. and that it certainly does not bode well. It, it, like you couple it also in the fact that you just lost and it makes you look even worse. And that means you also did a thing as a representative of our institution. Right. So like, you know, I just don't know that I want the dudes associated with the program anymore. And I, but I appreciate, I, I thought it was a fair pushback of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like not all of these dudes deserve what, 
you know, the idea that you need to be kicked off. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm willing to entertain that folks may receive different degrees of punishment. Um, well, let's just, and let's just say, I, I mean, I completely co-sign that, that perspective. I was very explicit, I think, a, a week or so ago saying they needed to all be off the team. I pretty much stand by that still. And also, uh, if there's something mitigating, we're hearing conflicting reports in the media, probably not even worth banding around around who started what and were there other assaults happening around a bus. And I'm, I don't think it's worth getting into because a lot of that's conjecture and maybe some of it's substantiated. I, I don't really know. Frankly, I don't really care. It doesn't excuse right or change the reality don't want to find ourselves on the business end of a certain right notable oh notable highly highly effective that was my second second. hold on hold on an attorney who certainly didn't lose his job at walmart for fraud but that's neither here nor there neither here nor there what and that but to this point i just want to say this whatever happens at michigan state with these with these penalties Anyone who's affiliated with the University of Michigan that's losing this, that has that's listening to this podcast that has an opinion about this, can fuck all the way off right now. Okay. If if the if the state if there's a basketball coach standard here, none of these players, none of these players should be kicked off the team. In fact, they probably should be, I don't know, given more money. So there's let's just be explicitly clear. If there is a if, if the University of Michigan and anyone affiliated with that university has a fucking opinion, you can eat my ass because you continue to put a rape enabling coach on a pedestal, literally physically as a statue, who has continued to be just celebrated and heralded as much as you can. Fuck all the way off. Your opinions don't matter for shit. Just shut your fucking mouth. Enjoy the spectacle. God knows we have provided you free entertainment. So just enjoy it. Pop some popcorn, but shut your fucking mouths. Because your glass house, my God, the cracks all over the fucking place, how it is still standing, how it is still standing, but for the media that allows it. I was going to say, it's a structural blue wall. It is a structure there. Blowed bearing blue walls within this very cracked... Glass house. All right, I've said too much. No, no, no. I, I, you, no, that was very well said. Uh, I the one other thing though that I want, I did want to talk about Tom Mars uh, as as someone who um, did some ambulance chasing for a time. Uh, that uh, did. I like, I like the past tense. Takes one, did takes one to no one. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> see, the thing is, is that uh, that Tom isn't doing it well. Uh, so Tom, you did your ambulance pace, p- chasing without MS paint, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. for your, <laughs> MS paint you... where it was, I'm doing it in blue and yellow because who is my client? This is yeah. my question to Tom Mars. That's it. it because it, because the he thing doesn't is, know for, well, for folks who, who might like, you might find attorneys annoying, but we, we subscribe to a very particular set of ethics and paramount tantamount to that, uh, to that is that you have a duty of zealous advocacy on behalf of your client. That's it. Mm-hmm. So who is Tom Mars's client? Because if it's uh, green, and then then his his advocacy is to whoever in is against whoever may have enabled or perpetuated or allowed for the assault to happen, which would yeah. include the, the University, University of Michigan. Of Michigan. Yep. Now that doesn't mean Where that there the were bad actors, uh-huh. right? Like yep. there, and so. The, the thing that, that frustrates me about Tom Mars in particular is that he is, uh, he is truly doing a disservice to his supposed client. 
Sure. Like in my weird ethics, he's not being a good attorney to his client. Right. Mm-hmm. And he is, he is operating in bad faith. And so like, you don't have to like attorneys because they represent people that are morally reprehensible and all this other stuff. Like, fine. I, I get why people find attorneys unpopular, but it is a code of ethics that, that in theory enables the whole system to work adequately. And Tom not abiding by that pisses me off and he's not helping them any, he's not helping anybody. Yep. So that's all I just, he's helping himself uh, to ingratiate himself with the program where he's already, you know, helped JJ McCarthy get his, uh, yeah. get his, and, uh, exception, and, Michael, and now he's doing this and he knows, he knows where the real money is uh, not for his client, but for himself no. in the future. Well, and it's just, it's just attention. And listen, And we shouldn't expect much different from this man. I mean, Michael Jones found this article in the New York Times from 2014. Tom Mars was in an executive and senior, very senior level leadership position at Walmart. Uh, There were, and this article points to, I mean, I don't, nothing necessarily substantiated, but for serious questions around, uh, well, and he did lose his job at Walmart, was pushed out around the same time that there were a lot of ethics inquiries and fraud cases taking place with Walmart Global and Mexico and others, many, many of the executive leaders were pushed out over this. And so Is this the, we could, the bribery in foreign markets? Bribery, case? all kinds of things. Yep. So yeah, that's it. Not fraud, bribery. So, yeah, you know, they, they actually had to buy a whole software system. I, I happen to oh, know. No, and, 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 and yeah. And then the modern communications. Yes. And, and then they, they, their, their compliance staff went up to like over 2000 people. I mean, like the yeah. largest of any corporation of its size, the proportion of individuals who buy So, Tom, you know, again, like I don't, I'm not, I can't say anything that he did or didn't do because nothing was substantiated. And of course he didn't comment on the article because he's a piece of shit that we can substantiate. Everyone knows that, uh, that's self-evident. He would tell you that it is, it is, there's real questions there. And, and I think that is the perfect Michigan man, yeah. right? That's the guy that is the fucking guy representing Everything about what it means to what is it the Michigan difference? God, Tom Mars is the Michigan difference, motherfucker. It's good. I will say it less pithy, but someone pointed out on Twitter that uh, it's it's real dork level shit that you have a favorite attorney because of the school you went to. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you guys are fucking losers. God. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk some basketball if we can move along. Uh, oh, we forgot to, we didn't even mention, uh, we didn't talk about this last week, new puppet at, uh, at the helm of the university. We're not going to talk about it now, but you know, I mean, it, it is kind of interesting because she was in the middle of dismissing, uh, what's his name? The business school Dean. So abounds, it abounds. Pat O'Keefe fucking, he's oh my God. gotta right. just be, we have to come back to this at some point. It says a lot. That we're not, gonna, not doing this again. All right. We beat Grand Valley gentlemen. We beat them. Well, Let's before we head to Grand Valley. Let's just lay a quick table, very quick table on the basketball team because we have been. If this was football, we would have previewed over multiple weeks. It's not. So let's give it a second though, because it's it's maybe our favorite. One sport always sports. leads. Uh, all right. Soccer. So women's soccer. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Men's basketball in the media poll put on by Brennan Quinn of the Athletic with uh, beat writers from throughout the Big Ten uh, has MSU picked fourth to finish in the Big Ten. My understanding though is that all of them are like. I don't know. Uh, like, I guess. It, because the Big Ten uh, looks to be down this year. So I wanted to start our conversation with who we've lost um, and and sort of how do we really feel about that? 
So we mentioned at the end of the season last year that no one really was like a scorer for this team. So we lost four folks. Three of them were our top scorers, but I don't know how much that matters. Mm -hmm. So we lost Gabe Brown, Max Christie, Marcus Bingham, and Julius Marble. Julius uh, transferred to Texas A&M. But uh, that's Gabe with 11.6 points, Max and Marcus both with 9.3, and Julius with 6.4 for a total of 36.6 points per game that we've lost in production. I don't know that I'm worried about losing any one of those people. No, I mean, losing Max was a was a net advantage to the program. Everyone can agree on that. No one is no one misses Max is what my point is. That's fair. He's playing in Mexico or something now, I think. Right. Um, I don't know. Something in a farm L.A. farm team or something. Good for him. Um, rooting for him and his continued um, batting 100. Uh, I don't know. You know, honestly, strangely, this might sound absurd because of the just the stat line you just gave. The only guy on this list that I'm actually nervous about us having lost is Julius Marble. Mm. Yeah, so the, the, that's an interesting point because, I mean, Julius, we saw not get a ton of run because his defense was piss poor. What defense? But you saw him at times able to take over a game. Um, yes. And so – At I, critical I, moments. I, for, sorry, just to put the, the pin on it. Yeah. It is a marble game-changing. Uh, took over a game because remember everything about games is context specific this is what i hate about free throws it the the dynamic of an entire game can just shift and marble for some reason last season was at the center of so many of those he got credit on this podcast episode after episode because he was somehow in the middle of some sort of tide change that happened also the guy was always smiling and like positive with the team and from a culture and from a culture perspective there was just something there that you could get out of him that like Gabe Brown's like the face you just were not getting. So just me, maybe uh, I would, uh, I, you know, I'm looking at the five spot in particular here. Right. And so that's 15, 16 points between Marcus and, and Julius that you need to replace. And, and you need to, I guess you need to replace it potentially in the plus minus, right? Like you don't necessarily need to generate an offense. So as as you keep I'm, it down. Yep. But I'm I'm curious, you know, so that that's a tall order for Mati Sissoko and Jackson Kohler and uh, uh, Carson Cooper to come up with. But I at the same time I look at the liability of Julius at times, and then Marcus's sort of in and outness during the season. I don't know that we can't. That I don't know that we're we that a replacement player. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not particularly worried. Kevin, how are you on this? Well, I'm looking back at the stats from last year. And I'm on Torvik and I'm looking at the most efficient players and MSU returns. It's number two, three, and four in Hauser, Walker, and Hall. Um, Bingham is the next one. And then Hogard. So I. So four of the top five? Four or, of the I'm top sorry. five. Yeah. Uh, four of the top six. Pardon me. Um, yeah. And where, where was, where just, just to remind me, where was Max Christie on that list? <laughs> just can you remind the class? Above above Marvel, who you just couldn't say enough about. Just listen, <laughs> don't you start with me. I'll drive the East Lansing. Yeah. So yeah, because Max. Well, so that's the other thing is that Max played a ton of minutes. So his nine point three points. Yeah. So Marcus Bingham Shit. was playing like eighteen eighteen minutes a game. Thank you. And Max was playing like twenty minutes more than that. Seventy game. minutes a game. Yeah. Like so five. Yeah. So Max's efficiency per minute was quite low um didn't pass the eye test still not passing the eye test 
and I look at Gabe as someone it. who is super streaky. And so I just, you know, you look at Jade Nakins with additional run by him, you know, yeah. Paul, uh, uh, you know, moving to the three, Joey Listen, if, being like, and I Hogard. just, I don't know. I don't know that I'm worried. If Hogarth even got 15% better in this off season, uh, we're, I'm, I'm very optimistic on this seems. So, Greg, what do you you're, you seem intently studying numbers, right? I now. am, and I, I'm most optimistic for one reason, and one mm. reason only. MSU returns its best by far free throw shooter from last year, uh, fifty for fifty eight. And Mr. Joey Hauser. So I, know. I knew he was going to say it. You <laughs> son of a bitch! But honestly. And this is this is the only thing that scares me about this season. Two like two years ago, every listener of this podcast will know that Joey Hauser was persona non grata in the city of Detroit because of the fatwa I had issued against him. But <laughs> but but Max Christie took over as the 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 focus of my ire and opprobrium last season. I don't know who's going to get it this year, and frankly. At what is he, 37 years old now? You know, I don't know. Joey Hauser, I can't really blame him for any foibles, you know, yeah. this year. It's just too old. Are we are we merging into the into the Grand Valley game? Because I was able yeah. to watch uh portions of that. Um Tyson Walker shot looked really good. Uh it there was a concerning moment with AJ Hogard where he had a little bit of a of a nick, uh, a little bit of a stutter step. Um Hull, I thought looked good. You know, how's it looking? But what you really want to see are the the young guys coming up and the guys that didn't contribute a lot before that are now being thrust into a new role. I think the story was Madi Sissoko uh, in that game, you know, uh, playing a significant amount of minutes, having shown some touch around the net. Six boards. Getting some boards. Like, dude, dude played pretty well in the time that I was watching him. But well, I want to I, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say the th- uh, the thing that was most impressive to me is that he played 20 minutes mm-hmm. because right. last year with one foul, because last year he averaged one foul every four minutes. Yeah. So, which frankly, I, I did the math several times on that. Cause I'm like, that can't be right because that feels low <laughs> for what Matty Sissoko was averaging in fouls. Uh, so the, the mere fact that you've got a guy who can play serviceable minutes for 20 minutes there and, and, frankly went for four like i mean that's great because you don't need mari sissoko to score points for you that's not what you need out of mari sissoko you need someone to rebound you need someone to make a threat and you need someone who can defend and and i think you've got enough offensive weapons that 20 minutes out of mari that's you'll take that huge yeah and pierre brooks had another 20 minutes uh was not contributing from the paint like we might want him to but i want to go back to aj hogard though because uh, apart from that one little uh, nuance that uh, got you kind of tickled a little bit there, Greg, uh, the kid had a fantastic game. 14 points in 27 yeah. minutes, five boards, four steals. In terms of uh, efficiency and productivity in this game, Hogard was your guy. And this is what I meant. Like, I know that this is exhibition, and I know it's Grand Valley, and I know we didn't look super sharp in the first half. And... This is a confidence building uh, game as well. This is uh, this is them back together. This is working out some of the kinks. I'm gonna have my eye on AJ Hogard this year. I'm really hoping that there's something, some stone has been turned with him. Uh, and 
you know, from shot selection standpoint, he only took five shots, but he hit four of them. So, you know, one, one likes two to see that. Two. And two, two three, two threes and a hundred percent from the charity stripe. And that, my friends, is the real reason why I'm singing his praises. I will I will say real quick, the um the one thing Izzo said post game was that he did a little bit of test with his team. He just kind of handed out the scouting report and said, All right, bye. To see if they would step up. And he was not impressed with the results, uh, <laughs> which if your knock on AJ Hogard is that the dude is supposed to be the leader on this team. Ah, um, then I mean, like that's QED. just something to keep your yeah. eye on because for the first half, they seem to think that they could just roll. And, and the thing that with this team is probably that it, it can't take nights. It off. can't do that. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the freshman real quick? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So you guys, uh, and by you guys, I mean the listening public. I'm sure elements of this podcast will, will feel differently. I, I think you're going to like this freshman class, man. Oh, I'm big on Trey. Uh, yeah, Trey Holloman uh, is clearly trying to embrace his role as the new number five, uh, which is going to be a difficult number for him to keep. I think we all agree. I think by the time he's done at MSU, that number will be up in the rafters. But we hope. Uh, He's definitely trying to For Max Christie, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> uh, he's definitely trying to channel his Cassius Winston. He was sporting a uh, a headband at the beginning of the game. Do it. Way, I don't I don't care. Tell the me way that he catches the ball on the inbound reminded like it was the same body language as uh, as Cassius Winston. It, it seems through. to be intentional that he's trying to do that. Um didn't shoot great. Um, did some rebounding though. Facilitated a little bit. Got a couple dimes. Um, Jackson Kohler really did not impress in the first half, but came alive in the second half. So I know that it's just Grand Valley. I know you got to get those. You got to get the the jitters out. Uh, but I liked what I saw out of him. I liked his attack. I liked his his motor. Um, there was a lot to be excited about with with Jackson Kohler. Um, and then we saw a little bit of Carson Cooper as well in the first half, I think in particular. Um, so that was, uh, that was exciting. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm weirdly up on this hoops team. Like I, the, uh, same with the, cause they did this without, and I know again, not, you know, whatever you got to say, grand Valley, yada, yada, yada. But the guard play on this team is going to take them places. And they did this without Jade Nakins. Um, who like is going to be a difference maker. I also, mm-hmm. we, we didn't talk about it. <clears throat> Walker. Uh, what did, how many shots did he have on the night? Um, Tyson Walker played the bulk of the minutes and shot four for 11. Yeah. So it's not, so that's not the point. It's the 11. It's because last year we all talked about Tyson Walker, not taking shots that were wide open. Yeah. And he didn't pass a single one up. So that's the Tyson Walker we need. We we were begging for it last year because we saw him do it against Illinois, a bit against Michigan, uh, you know, knocked that shot down against Purdue. Like that's the Tyson Walker we need mm. if this team is going to go places. And um, and hopefully, you know, a season under his belt, he knows that he belongs in the Big Ten and like doesn't have any you know imposter syndrome about him. Um, so anyway, that's that was one other thing I wanted to call out. Should mm. we call out the women's? soccer team before we we talk yes. about uh the previews 
and and basketball and what's coming up. Yes. Plum, you wanna you wanna talk about? Well, Kevin, you're in Columbus. You were there. That's true. Yeah. I am your listener here in Columbus to support the women's team. Definitely not a coincidence. One hundred percent because I'm a card carrying uh, soccer devotee. Uh, unfortunately, dropped the championship game to Penn State, three to two. Um, How was the officiating, Plum? Yeah, tell us about the crew in particular. I think that's what the people want to hear. That is uh, a, a portly, portly referee uh, should have probably awarded multiple penalty kicks on behalf of the uh, Spartan women, and uh, he should be disparaged publicly. I won't name him out of the last vestige of self-respect they have as a former soccer referee. Uh, but that said, um, they just got bested by a Penn state women's program. That was just good. I don't know why they were so good, but they were incredibly, incredibly good. That was the most Um, goals MSU has given up all year. It was three goals. Yes. But, um, what was, uh, trying to find her name, Allie red, red shirt, senior forward, Allie Schlegel. Uh, with two goals for the Nittany Lions uh, and just continued to find the back of the net even after uh, Michigan State rally. State scored first in this game. Uh, first, right out of the gates, um, I think in the 11th minute or something of the game. Um, so that was great. A big goal by junior midfielder Justin Gaynor, um, putting the Spartans solidly on top. Uh, and then um, seven minutes later, we... Uh, we got um, we got a penalty kick. We missed it. Not ideal, uh, but um, God, Penn State took advantage of that, and that was kind of the end of it in the second half. I don't know. They're they're going to get in that large bid, right? I mean, oh no, they're totally going to get in. I mean, you can't win the conference and uh, you, not you, lose you, except you, for one. Uh, 16 wins, I mean, is rarefied error in, 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 in college soccer. So uh, they're absolutely going to make the tournament um, and we'll see how far, how, how well they do. I know it's just a heartbreaker. The women have uh, never won the MSU tournament, the, uh, the big, I'm sorry, yeah. the big 10 tournament. So um, Jeez, this was a real, sucks. yeah. So this was a, this was really an opportunity for them, but you know what? Listen, that's why you have to love soccer because this stuff is not given. You know what I mean? It's just, it's earned. It's taken. Uh, you could say they earned it, but Penn State took it from them. And good for Penn State. And you know what? It, it, this, the way this program is going right now under the um, the leadership of this coaching staff, uh, I have high, high, high hopes, um, which is why this is now a soccer podcast where soccer will always lead. So, All right. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's say a quick word about our dear friend, Brandon Sands. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. All right. Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. He's at Gold Star Mortgage. Uh, look, uh, Gold Star Mortgage is a Fortune 500 company, Michigan-based, that funds over a billion dollars in mortgages annually. Brandon is managing a team with over 100 years of combined industry experience. They're licensed in 32 states, so if you're looking to buy, odds are Brandon's got you covered. Unless it's Iowa, of course, because he won't support that. Uh, this uh, Brandon uh, is consultative in his approach. His rates are among the best in the country and offers every kind of loan product that's out there. So he can find you the kind of mortgage that fits your needs. Uh, if you want to find Brandon, it's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z, again, at Gold Star Mortgage. Give him a look and uh, and and call him if you need to buy. All right, Kevin, 
you did some in-depth analysis yep. on Rutger. Uh, yep. Let uh, let's head to straight to the second bullet point. Yeah. So the second bullet point in my preview of uh, Rutgers football is their QB looked like Dudu Kaka. <laughs> <laughs> the first point is I turned off the U of M game when they scored three times in like 20 seconds in the third quarter. So yeah, man, uh, Rutgers, I thought was going to make it at least a little fun for a yeah. second. And then it was not fun at all. Well, they made it a little fun for a whole half. And then, and then that was over. Can Time to stop about playing the garage. People are alarmed by the light situation, Kevin. Dude, they I don't I don't know how they're surprised by this though. I having been there and having been punished by that stadium myself, I'm not surprised at all. But it is definitely true that when Rutgers blocked the punt to score the touchdown against Michigan, the lights of the stadium started flashing before the ball was even in the end zone. It was wild um they shouldn't be in the big 10 for multiple reasons but uh this one uh is the first on my list um <laughs> that was my that was my plum impression it wasn't great pretty weak um but that's all i had that's the extent of my uh rutgers preview what about uh northern arizona in basketball yeah so uh they're bad uh so we if you're gonna be probably not caring about this most listeners because uh, you will have waited to listen to the podcast and this game will be over. But in case you are, uh, they're getting some air quote love on Ken Palm because they are returning all of their starters from last year. Um, The thing is they were all really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Last year on Ken Palm, they were three thirty four out of three fifty eight. Um, so 307 on offense and 340 on defense. This year, they're clocking in at a frisky 261 with 212 on offense and still bad at defense, 304. Uh, so, I mean, I look, you should never not worry about a team, uh, truly. And and I will say this is the one, the one game we get to fuck around and find out uh, mm. for a little bit um, because... Um, it gets bad after this. And so well, we, uh, we've seen a couple of these guys before. Jalen Cohn uh, yeah. was at Vatek when we played them in, in Maui. Um, he's like a volume shooter, dude. And Nick Maines uh, is another guy on their team that shoots 40% from three. Yeah, um, Last year, I think Jalen put up 600 some uh, points. And then, but Nick Maines, who again, decent three point shooter was a solid 350. So like, Jalen's the guy. <laughs> it's yep. Jalen. Uh, and they, they're also coming off a massive win. It says, yeah, I, I just had to call this out because it, it, there's something that feels so wrong about it, <laughs> but they just beat up on a school that is the Southwestern assemblies of God university, American Indian college. Uh, they, they originally American Indian college. And then the Southwestern assemblies of God university took them over. That's on their about page. It does oh not God. feel right. There's so many good. atrocities being committed here. <laughs> so many. I hate everything about it. But they're both located in Flagstaff, so it was just a jaunt around the corner, uh, and it was a 115-63 to win for uh, our, our dear friends at Northern Arizona. Um, I, I, I believe there's a U, uh, a UP connection between the head coach of, of uh, Northern Arizona and uh, Tom is why this game is happening in the first place um 
So yeah, that's what I got. Okay, uh, we are going to move off of what inevitably will be a real snooze fest tomorrow in northern Arizona, hopefully, knock on wood, please, and get to a much more exciting conversation now. We are finally joined by one cool mate, uh, our our friend, our man on the ground, um, though prefers to be in the water, uh, Nate C., Thank you for joining the pod. Uh, Nate, uh, just so folks know, um, obviously we've hyped you up a little bit, but you are local in Coronado Island, going to be on the, the boat um, as the parlance, right? Uh, I could correct a few things there. Uh, <laughs> one, if I'm in the water, I'm doing something significantly wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> prefer to be on the boat, on the ship. Uh, you almost had me doing it. Uh, it's so boats go into the water. Ships are the big steel things that you can put, uh, I guess, uh, college basketball games on. Mm. Yeah. So we'll get to the college basketball game. And cause, uh, you've, uh, you've been there, uh, watching Drew Timmy do his workouts. Um, but before that, tell us a little bit about what you do for the Navy. Uh, what brought you to Coronado Island? Um, and if you can, like, what do you know about what goes into making a game happen on an aircraft carrier? Sure. So, um, I originally started off as a surface warfare officer after commissioning at officer candidate school post my time at MSU. Does that um, mean you were an ROTC at MSU? No, no. So MSU only has an army ROTC program. Okay. So, Boom. Not even well, space force. I mean, like, come on guys. I actually don't know if they have a space force or ROTC program. <laughs> at all <laughs> anywhere uh, anywhere <laughs> yeah uh, i know there's no academy okay. uh, <laughs> that's why they want to go to the moon right so, to establish Set the up. space force academy anyway sorry nate c uh continue I cannot imagine how many recruits they'd get if they could somehow get people on the moon it, yeah it'd be, well it'd be great so the so i started off at ocs ocs is a three-month program that that uh where you can earn a commission uh, commissioned as an ensign as a surface warfare officer. And my first uh, tour was on the USS Whidbey Island and every ship has a three letter acronym. Theirs was LSD four one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There were many times that I knew for a fact I was on LSD. Four one. <laughs> uh, interesting first tour. Um, Swallows have a very, Swallows surface warfare officer have, have very interesting jobs and they, some of them are super diehard on what they do. They love it. Um, their job is to drive the ships. Um, they're, you know, they're going to get the ship where it needs to be. They're going to take care of the ship. We, uh, you're a division officer or a department head, um, a division officer when, when you're doing your first tour and they, the problem that I had with it is that. It, you spend long, long amounts of time staring out at the water because you, you have to keep an idea of what's in front of you. And, and you think like, wow, exciting. About five hours into a shift, you realize that it's the same water. It's still water. On repeat <laughs> over and over and over again. And so I was a terrible swallow. I got bored. Um, I entertained Ran myself around. in various ways. No, I thankfully never did that. Um, uh, but I, I got, I, I got to the point where I was like, I need to make a shift. And so I did, and I, uh, I did what's called a lateral transfer, just, just a job switch to intelligence. And I've been working that ever since, um, from, from the, uh, from the Whidbey Island, my next tour was on the aircraft carrier, Harry S. Truman, uh, CVN. Um, that is where I got my first experience on, on a carrier. The light, the quality of life was amazingly different. Uh, the Navy does not prioritize 
the amphib navy uh no offense to my my marine brethren out there the navy just doesn't they'll understand when i say that when i when i uh when i say that but but they just don't prioritize it so the aircraft carriers on the other hand they get top billing yeah so i walked into this to this you know small three person room you know with 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 a, a you know bunk beds for all intents and purposes call them a rack but a three rack room and they apologized to me that this was all they had and coming from the you know small ridiculous like birthing that we had on on the amphib i was like this is the taj mahal dude i don't know what you're talking about Bro, this, this is like the finest seen. thing i've ever seen like, you wouldn't like, even believe this right now like, that bed looks like it's younger than me which is an unusual situation for <laughs> the armed forces <laughs> so so yeah um got on got on the true and that's where i uh that's where i last transferred spent some time at the office of naval intelligence um and then uh, that's that from there is when I came out to San Diego uh, and uh, that now now to to cut this short because I'm getting way into the, to, to too much detail here. Um, I'm now with Third Fleet after doing a stint on the uh, on the Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, that's another CVN. And that's uh, that's my other aircraft carrier experience. Um, did a deployment with her out to the South China Sea, uh, amongst some other places. Um, I, I had a really good time. Uh, Granted, you know, it's a deployment. It's not something that you necessarily want to go on if you don't have to. But, you know, it was uh, it was nice. It was also short at only six months. So, Nate, I, I've got well, first. Thank you for your service, um, uh, of course. Uh, and then also, you know, our listeners must have perked up when they heard Naval Intelligence. What's something um, classified that you can share with all of us right now? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know anything classified. That's boring. All right. Not a, boring. Not a thing. Nate C, thanks for joining us. Uh, that was Nate C. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Everybody always asks that question, and then they're like, oh, do you have to kill me if I if you tell me? And I'm like, no, I don't have to kill you. I just have to do so much goddamn paperwork that I want to kill you. Just, when I, I, I would want to kill myself after all. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like, anybody, it doesn't take an intel officer. Any, any you know, any naval officer should should know how to and be able to protect material that is for the good of national security. And it's not that we don't share it with your average American because they, um, because it's anything fun or interesting. It's, it's because it's just, it's for national security purposes and it's, it's above, you know, it's above me, right? Like that's just, it is like, yeah, I know some, something or or whatever, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But the reality of it is, is that it doesn't really matter because it's not for me it's for everybody well I think that's what i would probably try to express to people when like when this information in so. not sharing it i want to say thank you for your service and then i do want to ask you uh what like what's um what what's going into preparing for this game like, I mean, obviously, normally there are planes on an aircraft carrier. Uh, I, I think you mentioned this aircraft carrier was maybe brought back specifically for the game. So, uh, first of all, let me say, you're welcome for my service. <laughs> uh, 
second. Second. So actually, when we get into port, if you see an aircraft carrier with a with a jet on it, which is possible, right? When you're in port, these are very large ships. If you come out to the island, you'll see you'll see them. That's no problem. Chances are good that that aircraft actually broke. We prefer to fly the aircrafts off before before they. Uh, before they they come to port because it's impossible not just difficult impossible to fly them off the deck without having proper wind envelopes and so you have to you have to fly them off and we can crane them off but that's that's you know it's an operation that it puts the you know crew at risk it puts the the craft at risk and so it's just a pain in the butt so you don't want to do it if you don't have to Mm. we do we, we have to do it from time to time but it's not ideal so the aircraft carrier shouldn't have any aircraft actually on it which is kind of a bummer but that's also why i think if you look at the 2012 either they craned on some f-18s which they could do because coronado you know coronado has the uh, is a naval air station so they could you know trailer them over and crane them on um as unexciting so they put as window is. dressing is what you're saying they put yeah they could air- yeah it could be window dressing which i'm all for why not i actually think they should have had this and we'll get to this but i they should have had it in the hangar bay and they should have put a couple of f-35s one on each side of the uh, court and that way they wouldn't have had to deal with a whole bunch of, of issues that we'll get into. But um, it's definitely on it's definitely on the flight deck. I've seen it. Um, I've driven by it. I'm not actually stationed in it. But So you're telling me it's not physically possible if we haven't covered Gonzaga yet, but if they start blowing the doors off at halftime that we just launch an F-18 through, you know, the court and just call the game after that point, like Top Gun style, that's not going to be able to happen, unfortunately. Unless we just dump that plane into the ocean. Like, what do you mean through the court? Because like, I mean, destroy stands, the court and call the game all the way around it. You'd yeah, kill a bunch of people. Launch it through that. Yeah, launch it through everything. What They're the ones on the one on a boat to watch a basketball yeah. game. <laughs> if we're losing really bad, you all know my self-destructive like activity on Twitter. I may be with you at that point on, on sending <laughs> well, an aircraft Thank you for your it. service is, is really where I'm at. <laughs> so you, you alluded to this, all of the logistics that go into setting up a game like that. What do you know about this? Like what, what is it that we're demanding of this, of this ship as you call it? So not being stationed on the Abe uh, right now, I've only gotten some, some back and forth with people who are, but from what I understand, the big the big pull for this for the crew is actually just it's going to be ship cleanliness, and this is for any time dignitaries come on board. And in this case, you're, you're you're not just dignitaries, but VIPs. You're talking about. I mean, last time this was done, President Obama came on the ship, right? And there's there's a distinct possibility that that President Biden could be there this year, and President Biden might or uh, President Obama might come back uh, this time. You never know. He he he's well within his ability to, and I mean, not don't. Don't challenge me with a good time. I'd love to shake his hand. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, so when you have that level of VIP coming on, on the ship, it's gotta be, it's gotta be spotless. And so the crew is just, is just inevitably going to be put through the ringer trying to make sure that that ship is in absolute pristine shape for that. Um, they'll likely try to take care of this as much as possible before the four day weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, your your average enlisted person, they didn't go to college. Yeah. Yeah, they, they might enjoy a good college basketball game. I'm not going to take that away from them. You know, we, and, and they may have aspirations to go to college when they get done. Perfect way to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them like pro sports. That's what they grew up with. That's that's where they're at. And, you know, so they don't care about Michigan State playing Gonzaga. And I definitely don't hold that against them. Like that, yeah. like, yeah, sure. of course. 
And so they, you know, it, it's kind of a mental game where you're like told we got to clean extra hard and we got to, we got to do all this extra prep for this thing that you don't really care about potentially. But now what's, what is nice is from a standpoint of actually setting up the game, different commands and also other contractors have taken care of this setup. They've taken care of tickets. They've taken care of vendors. They've taken care of setting up the court, setting up the stands. I've been over there. I've seen the stands already. I, for one, hope they haven't set up the court yet because nothing survives on an aircraft carrier for long term, even in San Diego. Um, but the stands are definitely up there and they, they look like your standard, you know, high school which is what they did last time right they just sort of put flights of stands up on the yeah yeah so So what is sorry real quick it do for all of the scrubbing and cleaning that's happening if anyone who's on the boat wants to go to the game can they go to the game oh yeah Oh, yeah. okay, good. All right, so they at least get the yeah. the return on investment. I was deeply worried that it was going to be like VIPs and... No, so first of all, when a car- when an aircraft carrier, everybody's probably thinking like, how do they have enough tickets for this? But but when an aircraft carrier gets underway, yes, it would be actually really difficult to give every single person one of these tickets. I think the last game had about 7,000 people that went to it. Mm-hmm. And an aircraft carrier, when it deploys, has about 5,000 people on it. But that comes from a variety of locations. The air wing... Uh, they come on board, they bring all of their people who help work on the aircraft all the way to the pilots themselves. That's that's the air wing, the staff. So there's a there's a CSG or carrier strike for uh, um, geez, carrier strike group. That staff is you know comprised of a bunch of people as well who help to you know help with the day to day and and figuring out like more of the uh, operational level of what's of what's going on. And then there's the actual ship's force and the actual ship ship's force is is really only about 2,500 to 3,000 people. So from from what I was told, each person was given an opportunity to have two tickets if they wanted. And many of them turned it down. I guess, yeah. I mean, you're basically choosing to use your time off to go to the game, right? Right. And the other thing too, is that anybody who's going to the game that's active duty has to be in uniform. So I'll be in my, I'll be in my service dress blues. And the service dress blues are like your fancy suit style uniform. It's not like you see the 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 you know the camouflage. The, the fatigues back there. Yeah, they're not know. fatigues. We don't call them that. that sure. We call them we call them the Navy working uniform, NWU or Navy uniform working. We have acronyms for everything. It's freaking green. You can't wear them on the ships because of fire hazards. I, they're whatever. We don't want to get into uniforms. Trust me. So. The so, so I'll have to be in service dress blues, and I will wreck my service dress blues doing this. So they they will absolutely be in the dry cleaners or worse by the time I get done with this game. Especially what else will you wreck? <laughs> oh, He's plum. just been lying in wait for his moment to pounce. Oh, plum. Mm. I am so flattered. Uh, what um, <laughs> what is there a you you said nothing gets ruined uh, or everything gets ruined even in San Diego? Like what's like, what's the difference between if they played this in a hangar just nearby versus being on on the ship? Like, okay, so this comes down to the fact that the ship is made entirely out of metal and sitting in water, and that basically creates like a terrible condensation situation. Even in San Diego, where where the the condensation situation isn't nearly as bad as, say, Florida or North Carolina, where they tried to do this and ultimately couldn't get it done. I, I believe I don't I don't yeah. think any of those games actually managed to get all the way to completion. Um, but 
so that condensation, especially since you know we just we just fell forward, so it's getting darker sooner. When the sun goes down, we'll drop even even on the water, we'll drop ten to fifteen degrees, and the condensation will just be everywhere. It gets all over the metal outside the ship. It gets it just gets everywhere, and it will stay wet underneath the deck of the of the uh, of the court. Mm. And so like, cause under the court is, I hope some form of like rubber insulation. And then underneath that sure. would be just the, the non-skid and metal deck of the flight deck. And just like anything else, right. You put a mat down two days later, you know, a rubber mat down outside. And two days later, after a rainstorm, you open it, you, you pull it up and there's still water under it. Right. Same exact situation. Everybody's on. getting ringworm. That's what I'm hearing. Everybody, <laughs> ringworm for everybody. Uh, we have a bigger problem with staph infection, but that's a different story. <laughs> Challenge accepted. And more importantly, thank you for your service. There you uh, go. So Every one of us got one uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Plum, uh, we had some, uh, some listener questions for Nate. Do you want to take these? I do. I do. Nate. How's seating work? for the service members on the ship? Is it first come first serve? Will you be sleeping in the bleachers starting Wednesday so you can sit behind the bench or on Joe Biden's lap? <laughs> however, <laughs> however it may be. Uh, I don't think the secret service will let us anywhere near him. Uh, mm. But um, so I was given tickets in the alumni and I'm sorry, air quotes don't come across on a podcast, but the alumni section. Um, and that is going to be behind. If you're looking at the, the court, it's going to be behind the right hoop so i don't think that i think it's literally opposite or somewhat opposite of where the izone is at the breslin if you're looking at it from the way that the helmet would be uh would be okay. set up but i believe that what they the way that they've structured the the deck is that the msu helmet it, it won't have one unfortunately i, I try to convince them but um yeah I, I know right well so i try to know who to a lot of things. yeah yeah but that helmet would be um you know, would be on there and the alumni would be to the right of the helmet. And so we're going to be behind that basket. The, the general seating, it's, it's all general to my knowledge. I, like I said, I got, I received general admission tickets, the general seating behind, like behind the benches and around and, and in the main part of the court that I believe is going to in their, in their attempting to do it a hundred percent military. So that way they get the optic of a bunch of people. In That's what this is about. Homes. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I look in the Navy, I know exactly what this is recruiting tool, everything else. And and I think, you know, personally, Hey, I'm, I'm just a dude, but personally missed your mark. If this was a pro game, oh, you'd hit your mark and then some, but the pros are never coming on board a carrier to yeah. do a, a game. They, they just won't do it, you know, yeah. and I, I don't blame them, you yeah. know? So yeah. then I think Gonzaga will be obviously on the other side, and I didn't see if there's stands on the far side. Although I imagine there, there's there's stands on the far side of the uh, of the court as well, and that they will uh, they will also have. Um, but will those stands be in the water? How does? No, is there's that... plenty of room. Um, mm -hmm. uh, carriers you know, on the boat. Got... Hey, ship. <laughs> ship <laughs> All right. All right. Mate, we're gonna. We're just. We're gonna start tripping over you now. Uh, Next question, people. This is a question actually I also share because there were multiple I'm, people who asked this question again. Because in my mind, the, the ship is about I don't know 12 feet long, so it's very confused. I get very confused by the scope and size. People really want to know what happens if we lose a ball, but it's not an if, is it? It's a when, it's a when we lose a ball. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, just like any kids shooting around on hoops outside in the basketball court, inevitably a ball is just going to somehow go sailing 15, 20 feet above uh, where they're actually trying to, to do it, um, you know, just and like it'll kids. End, up, end up in the water. I mean, yeah, I mean, these are just normal guys, you know. It's basically like you and me, same talent level, really, mm -hmm. if you think about it. Uh, <laughs> so, so, I mean, so, it is uh, with Joey Hauser. But so, so, <laughs> oh, thank you. First thank shot you. fired is from. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't even. It's my shtick. Joe, I grabbed your name at random. It could have been anyone, but it it was always going to be you. Anyway, continue. You. I'm excited to to actually hopefully meet Joey Hauser and look down and shake his hand. You know, <laughs> and I'm not a tall guy. Uh, do you think? Do you think that he'll thank you for his for your service? <laughs> I plan on thanking him for his because he's put yes! up with an awful lot. That's a better response. That's a better response. Um, yeah. So, okay. So everybody has had a goldfish tank when they were kids, right? Yeah. Sure. You, you remember when you sprinkle food at the top and the fish would, would come up and they just suck the food down? Yep. That's basically what's going to happen to that basketball except with sharks. Oh, Oh, of course. No, of I'm course. I'm completely no. kidding, guys. No, it's, don't. It's going to sit there and fucking float until somebody goes and gets it. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it for us. You were I was doing like, so it feels well, like it's mate. probably pretty warm there, but you know what? I'm going to buy into this. It's it's completely not actually depending on depending on the day. There's guys out there surfing right now that need at least a 3 if not a 4 mil suit um for those who who dive or or know about no, the, that sort of thing. Um, basically the water can be very, very cold and, and it, and it really doesn't depend on the season. The water can always be pretty cold. The Pacific is super, super big. And I've been across a good portion of it. It's just cold. It's just everywhere you go for the most part, if the, if the currents are wrong, it's cold. And, um, this area like San Diego and in general, it's just, yeah, there's times you could come and the water can be super nice. And there's times when it's like the best place to be might be the Bay instead of, instead of the actual, you know, sure. the ocean itself. So it, it, there'll be, there'll be security boats. Um, your average Joe Schmo isn't allowed to come too close to the carrier. Definitely not within range of anybody throwing a basketball off the carrier, especially not Joe Bowser. <laughs> ah, um, ah. So the probably the patrol boats will go and, and snatch it up, and I snatch doubt very much anyone is going to ask for that ball back. That will be a prize mm. for whoever's working. Whoever that gets day. it. Very good. Yeah. Last Twitter questioner, qu Twitter listener question that did not come up well. Well done for you, my friend. Thank you. Yes, it's good when I stumble over my words. Thank you for your service on the podcast. Thank you. I will blame the Bumbu XO and blame <laughs> one Mike Jones. Uh, last up. Uh, and this is a question in two parts. First, will MPs prevent scuffling in the tunnel? And second, which deadly weapons will they use to uh, enforce uh, some level of sportsmanship? Are we going with or without Geneva Conventions? Without. I'm hoping for harpoons in okay. light of the fact that this is a boat. This is happening right. in international waters, right? So, so yeah, that's right. Without Geneva yeah. Conventions, we go all the way up to the baton as a deadly weapon to start with. Um, and then most of the MPs would carry like a 9 mil. There should be somebody that's uh, roaming the ship with a uh, with an M14 as well, although they may not roaming be Roaming the ship. That. Just roaming. <laughs> hey, Jason do. or Mike Myers. Like, it's outside rover. <laughs> it's for security. Um... <laughs> So there's actually no tunnel. And I was I was trying to think about what we would do with the players at like halftime or even beforehand. Um and I Will they think get towels to wipe wipe off all the condensation or is that Well, um I think you mean perspiration. 
uh, slightly different I, word. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's not that cold. Uh, so the I think the best bet, though, for the players is probably they're just going to each have like a Quonset hut that we crane onto the ship that'll probably have like facilities, showers, everything that they need. So that way they don't have to try and go into the ship. Because I'll be honest with you, if I was a, a head coach and I took one look at a ladder well, I'd be like, you're not nobody's allowed to even take a tour of this ship. Ladder wells have been known to completely remove people from their careers. Like, like the kind of injuries you don't recover from. So I, yeah, I, I tread lightly, so to speak, (laughs) uh, when it comes to going through a, through a a Navy, a Navy vessel that they're even just trying to get through it is not a safe endeavor. So unless you know, unless you get like really familiar with it, know what you're doing. I spent a night on a, a submarine when I was in Boy Scouts. Uh, so you know, this is. Well, I don't know why we had Nate on. We wow. could have just talked to you. We should have started. We should have started with that. Hunt for Red October over here. At least you that's out. Nate's been wasting all of our time talking about some ship somewhere. Unbelievable! <laughs> You've been waiting to bring that up. You should be ashamed of yourself. All right. I don't even know I'm here anymore. <laughs> Mike, Michael, thank you for your service. <laughs> no. Thank you for yours. Uh, let's uh, let's head and talk about some Gonzaga. Um, Greg, I'm going to let you kick this off since you did, I, I believe, what some folks would call the bare minimum, and then Nate did more. Yeah, so. uh, we tasked Nate, apparently, with doing the actual uh, Zags uh, preview. Uh, but I did grab a couple things. One, uh, just a reminder, they did their classic Gonzaga thing where they dropped early in the tournament to uh, Arkansas in this case, in the Sweet 16. But they are number three out of the gate on Kempom for what that's worth with the, you know, returning with Timmy back for his five millionth season um, or whatever it is. Um, So I I will, with that, I will hand it off to the man that did the real research. Mr. Nate C, tell us about the Zags this year that you're going to go see. So for the record, I you like I think jokingly said I should look up some stuff, and I intelled the shit out of this. Uh, so career first of all, development at the Navy. This are are is we the recruiting pitch? <laughs> are we even sure that it's Timmy or is it Tim May? He's got two M's. Tim, it's Tim better, it better be Tim May. So he has been around for like ever, um, and. What I'm what I'm hoping for that for that young man is that he's realized that if he scores around 20 points a game, he will be able to take over as the all-time scoring leader, and that hopefully that messes with his head and he just can't figure out how to shoot anymore. Mm. I'm I'm that's like Spartan Nation. Hope for that. Will that not, into the universe? Yeah, because his first his first year there, he shot like I don't know 19 on average, and that last year was 18.5, which I don't know how you shoot half a point, but whatever. I'm not a goddamn stat keeper. Um. So yeah, so he's he's pretty damn good, unfortunately. Um, we have a we have a common foe. Um, I I was surprised to see this here in the outline. I did not know about this. Yeah, yeah, we have a common foe. They they went up against Tennessee in a, in a more public exhibition than ours, and they lost by nineteen after being Ooh. up fifty four to fifty at the half. And I uh, I got into their message boards to see what their reaction was, and uh, <laughs> it was not pretty. Really? Yeah, they were uh, they were pretty concerned with like a like not even like a lack of effort, but just like an inability to execute their their game plan, whatever in basketball that means. <laughs> was few doing like really weird lineups and stuff? Was there anyone referencing that? Like, I, I obviously, Nate, I don't expect you to know that, but was were there any like? pushback to that or was it generally 
sort of accepted by everyone that this was a concerning outcome? No, this, it was generally accepted. I looked for that exact thing, especially since it was hard to find the score on this. And so I was looking for that as well. And I, I couldn't see anything explicitly. I'm sure there's probably some Gonzaga expert out there that is going to be like, no, it's this or that or whatever. I'm so, sorry, I didn't get that far. Drew Timmy might have gotten in foul trouble because it looks like he fouled out. And Rasir Bolton had four. So maybe they had to bench people early in the second mm-hmm. half. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't Obviously, I didn't watch their exhibition game. I'm just trying to like spitball here, but this is crazy because I think we played Tennessee closer than that, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. well, and the the thing is, is that if he, well, if he did get in foul trouble, there's not even an excuse for a lack of senior leadership because the the where I got this information went on to name like four or five other dudes who are senior and should have been able to be like, hey, you know, don't lose your mind just because yeah. he's out. We can handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't understand that. Part of it is their defense. Um, it turns out Kempom gives them the the number one offense, but the number six defense, which is really 26. low. 26, 2-6. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why even really, bother at that point? Well, you know, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, their plan is not to bother. Yeah. Uh, don't know anything about that as a Spartan. Um, For reference, MSU <laughs> is a number 31 overall Kempom. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's not talk about it, Kevin. No. So, but number twenty six is the lowest of the top ten teams in this in this ranking. And, and interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I guess last last but not least is that um, there were rumors the last couple of weeks of them moving on to the Big Twelve, and I forget which head coach it was, but one of the head coaches in the Big Twelve was like, "They're in for a rude awakening if they come to the Big 12. And I was like, "Yes, cool, a little smack talk from the Big Twelve. You love seeing it because wow, they don't have any reason for smack talking anybody. <laughs> they should be welcoming all comers with an op- with open arms. Like, please come to the Big Twelve. We don't. Yeah, Cincinnati is going to be your headliner pretty soon. So like, <laughs> check yourself." Uh, that feels right. Um, Nate, I love this. So if you, uh, what's your score prediction? Good guys be bad guys. Oh, I should have thought of this. I didn't think about this. Um, where, well, let me I, ask you this higher scoring or lower scoring being on the carrier. Uh, so I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. Um, I, th- I think that the environment is going to be super weird and they're, they're going to have like weird visuals around them. So they're used to playing ball inside. Probably, probably a lot of them haven't played ball outside in a long time, unless there's some sort of outside tournament that I don't know about because I'm not in basketball. Mm. Um, so I think it might be a little bit lower scoring. And so I'm going to say that Michigan state's going to take this one at, uh, mm-hmm. at 74 to, uh, 68. Woo, okay. Right. And and this is going to create unrealistic expectations for the rest <laughs> of the season. Just for the record. Like I this isn't me saying Michigan State's gonna be way better than we think they are. No. I just mm. think that like every person I know from my command who's going to this game is pro Michigan State. Ah. Like, like there's three guys in Thank you in, to the troops. Yeah, right. Uh sailors. Thank them for their service for us, please. Uh, I do every day. I do every day by assigning them additional tasks that uh they no longer have the bandwidth for. Um <laughs> so so yeah, there's three Michigan State fans that are that are big time guys um with that you know uh with me uh that everybody kind of like generally gravitated to when we when they heard, you know, they're like, Hey, did you hear your team? Is I'm like, Yeah, I'm yes. not dead. Um <laughs> So, you know, so they, they kind of just were like, it's not my team, but it's my team that day. And I'm like, thanks. You know, thank, I, I don't thank you. What, what are you going right. to want later? You know, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I think it's going to be a pretty, 
uh, a pretty decent turnout of Spartan fans. We travel good anyway. Uh, we travel well, I should say. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, last Nate, uh, we we see you uh, sporting the MSU sweater. Um, tell us uh, why we're bad at this, and or give us some feedback on how we can do a better job. Uh, so yeah. The big news of the weekend, you guys are like talking about some stupid football game, whatever. Football sucks, okay? Bert yes. is there. Bert does football. What? 100% agree. So, in the meantime, before we talk about soccer, which is also a pretty good sport, um, the best sport, the one where you can actually fight and people don't lose their damn minds, right. is uh, hockey. <laughs> and we swept Wisconsin. And while, yes, Wisconsin is likely garbage this year, um, what's more important is that Wisconsin for the whole weekend scored one goal against us and we scored Ooh. 10 against them. That's big time. Like that's big time. I'm not going to steal Jer Bear's thunder here because that dude's no, knows way more about this than I ever will. And you guys should totally have him on to talk hockey, but Holy, if you guys, if you guys are not watching this, you're missing out. You were totally Get missing it. out. We're good again. If you haven't been to Mon for a, uh, for a game, go Get the seats down near the near the near the near ringside, whatever you want to call it, near you know on the boards. You can you can absolutely encourage it. You can get up and slam your fists against the boards when the players come over and hit each other next to the boards. You probably won't get a fight because it's NCAA and they don't really allow fights. But yeah. if they did, it wouldn't be like a big deal unless somebody took their skate off and tried to like stab another guy. <laughs> Try to stab another guy in the head with it or neck or <laughs> the throat or whatever, wherever. I. Uh, <laughs> All right, Nate, uh, we, we will do that. Uh, and frankly, um, you know, you got to keep us on it. Do you have the Big Ten Plus subscription? I don't. Uh, it was just for sale. They told me I a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, I, I signed I, up for this month for my basketball games. Yeah. So I did it two years ago and I got this like live stream with no audio at all of one view <laughs> from the Michigan State hockey game. And I was like... I'm not doing yeah, this. I'm not paying for this. There was no score. You couldn't see the scoreboard. I'm like, how would I have any idea what's going on right now? This is absolutely like the biggest ripoff ever. They so, get how much in TV money and they can't afford to put the score in the bottom third. Yeah. <laughs> I I did see, however, though, they 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 do have some of the uh some of the clips on uh Twitter. Uh so because if you don't follow MSU hockey, they've got their own Twitter. They will keep you up to date on the score. Um that doesn't that doesn't cost you anything except putting up with Elon Musk. Um so they do they do have that and um they also have some of the like, you know, so when, when they score and stuff, they post that video and it looks a lot better. There's an actual guy talking. Uh there's a score on the bottom of the screen. I th- it, it might be worth it now and especially if MSU keeps winning, uh my attitudes towards it will change significantly. Uh because mm. This is the best sport, and uh, yeah, it also tastes the most skill. Okay, I don't want to hear it, baseball players. Uh, all right, Nate, uh, thank you so very much. Where can folks find you on Twitter? Uh, one cool Nate, uh, though I'll be honest with you, if uh, Elon Musk lets uh, certain people back on, I will be off. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, and also I am I am like in the to use a Navy term about as salty as they come. About halfway through a game where we're down three. We are absolutely losing that game in her in like horrific fashion. So just you know, you can. If follow you like me. Alex Plum on Twitter, you should follow one cool Nate. Is <laughs> yes, that's li- if you want more Plum, then you want more Nate. That's really, that's really what it is. All right, Nate. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys.
All right, let's head to Twitter questions. Thanks again, Nate C. And let's start with, of course, listener Mike Jones, who did not sponsor my Fireball this week, but that's fine. First question, who do you think deserves credit for this W? I think we need to give Gemin Green all the credit <laughs> for inciting a tunnel riot and bringing this team together. Good to see him dressed yesterday after his concussion and traumatic situation last Saturday. Unbelievable recovery. I will say, Tom Mars, what are your fucking damages? Uh, anyone, uh, Greg, uh, do you think do you think Green deserves credit? I, I mean, I, I'm just concerned about him in the in the uh, uh, concussion protocol this week. Still mm-hmm. playing, like I, I think it's disgusting. The University of Michigan would play him with a concussion like that. That's that's my position. Uh, Plum, how do we solve Mel's clock management issues? Can we check him into meetings? <laughs> Can you hire a clock coach? We love to pile on coordinators, but the clock is 100% on him. Somehow survived the Wisconsin game, Illinois, but it's going to cost us at some point. We talked about this a little bit. Yeah, we just got to get Flavor Flav to just stand around him with a big clock around his neck. Um, That's really it. Just as a reminder. Very dated reference. That's that's it. That's the best kind. Flavor Flav. All right. right. Go ahead. Jonesy, Oh no. What are your thoughts on family members on Twitter defending members of their family? Would your guys ever defend Plum if he attacks someone in a tunnel or in a bus? <laughs> Seems like someone admitting guilt in trying to paint a different picture of said person. So when question number one came in, uh, someone who's only ever treated about, uh, tweeted about Green uh, hopped into our mentions. Uh, they've since deleted the tweets, but that happened. Um, and uh, no, I would not defend Plum if he attacked somebody. <laughs> Unless it was Max Christie. Yes, the only kind that matters. All right. Yeah. Uh, Greg, Grandma Kunj asks, (laughs) I don't care how you pronounce it. Uh, Drake's album releases have led a Michigan State victory 11 times out of 11 now. He shouts out Justin Thind. This is, I don't care how you say that either. This is exactly the kind of journalism quality I would expect from him, by the way. Can Matt Ishby a fun Drake to release 15 straight albums weekly next year? <laughs> just, just, yes. Just yes. drop them all. It's it's going to be about the same amount of effort, as I understand it, as yeah, Drake puts quality. into his regular uh, yeah. releases. So uh, why not? Might as well. Great. Uh, all right, uh, Plum. I, uh, this is from Shartvert. I loathe the term, but was no. This I'm going to send this to Greg because he tried to title this program yeah, win. He did. he did. All right, Greg. I loathe the term, but was yesterday a program win? Regardless, you have to be impressed about the way the coaching staff kept the team focused on the next game. Uh, yeah. Uh, ever since uh, I think uh, D'Antonio re uh, reappropriated that term, and now I, I only use it for these types of games, and it was quite the program win. Uh, you don't really like it. Antonio was at home down in Florida, wherever, just like shooting the guns off, uh, on that program. (laughs) When, uh, firing up the old, the old hat maker with his bubble paint and like program, when writing it in, you know, a hundred of them for the whole team. All right. Plum, should we be concerned about the mental health of the fan base? If Mel Tucker delivers a predominant, it delivers predominantly close wins or only blowout losses. Yeah, no, I mean, that's not sustainable. Absolutely not tenable. That's where we are right now. I, I've never been able to suffer predominantly close wins to be sure, but the blowout losses combined with them, that's like brain trauma combined with uh, a very serious seasonal depression. 
Speaking of those two things, Sharpvert's last question to Jonesy, what percentage of your listeners do you think would be able to coach at better in-game situations, particularly the end of halves than the current staff? Over under 80%. This is his prop of the week. I'll say this. If I'm confident that I could do a better job, there then I'm going to go over. Yeah, <laughs> that's 100% right. All right. Uh, Kevin Greck, Spartan18770 asks, did Tunnelgate actually make this team mentally stronger than before? Uh, yes, that's why they did it to to, to, to galvanize and steal themselves. They needed a bigger chip. They needed some disrespect. And that was the best way to generate it. Uh, next up from Spartan 18770, Jonesy, does this victory help with the recruiting class and maybe even help on some undecided ones as well? I don't save the recruiting class. Pardon me. Yeah. I don't know that any of that matters. Uh, I think, uh, the running back we just lost got really pretty in his senior season and uh, was like, I love this new attention. It's fine. Um, we wish him well. Uh, Hope he doesn't not... break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't know that this matters at all. I'm more concerned that Mel's class is so small and was small before the decommitments. Like you need to get some new people. Uh, Plum, how many all you can eat buffet restaurants has Brett put out of business? It's Bert, but yeah, it is Bert, uh, Bort even, uh, well, first let me just say fuck Michigan. And then second, uh, would probably be, I don't know, every golden coral east of Indiana, probably West, maybe East West. Does it matter? He's a big guy. He gets around slowly, slowly and morbidly, but he does. All right. Next up, Eland Bloom for Kevin Gregg. What will the, what would be the most common starting five throughout the basketball season? Well, I heard that Izzo didn't go to the transfer portal because as he's going to reveal in the first game, he actually cloned Max Christie in the off season. It's going to be five Max Christie's running around <laughs> on the court. Uh, <laughs> Bopping into each other and falling down there, but he did have a face of actual hate for a second. Going back to the depression and uh, <laughs> brain injury. <laughs> we would just we'd have to go to plum's house immediately for a wellness check and we would just find him just like in the corner of Frothing. the basement yeah blair witch style uh next up from even bloom jonesy with with injuries distractions and the loss of k9 and the second highest strength of schedule is coach mel tucker actually doing pretty well uh not just k9 a number of other pros uh i'm not willing to go do pretty well uh i'm willing to say that this season just sucks so that's where i'm at on all of this um Hmm. it there's been too many like head scratchers for me to get to pretty well Mm -hmm. so uh plum uh did you get a big 10 plus subscription to watch the early basketball games i'm gonna amend this or soccer or soccer is your i i have been known to be a fan uh, I did not do that. I tried to scalp them by sitting on my roof in the middle of electrical storms, uh, holding tinfoil and just praying that the Big Ten Network will begin playing Big Ten Plus. It doesn't, but we'll see. I- I'll figure it out. Enough. That's true. One day I'm going to get it to work. I don't really know. Uh, Michael Jones, Dan Pellpepper asks, am I crazy for thinking you definitely go for two to make it a three score game at 22 and seven? Yeah, so this was, I did some math on this. Uh, 
it's a fair question. You would you would think that the thing about kicking the extra point is that in theory it's a little bit higher percentage and it makes them go for two twice or mm. at least get two touchdowns and a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I don't know that you're wrong, Dan, uh, and I'm sure that a chart exists for this. But doesn't it presume that our kicker can actually score the point after a try? And it's we know ours can't. It's a factor. Well, uh, Plum, were you encouraged that uh, the the man that you most wanted to murder last week did not mess up a single long snap this game? Well, Hank Pepper, again. Nope. No? no? Hank Pepper. Oh, no, which one was, was it? It was Michael Donovan, the guy who was... Oh, uh, Dyke Monovan. Yes, yes, I remember. I remember now. I can't. I can't with that. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, Greg... Am I crazy for th- thinking watching soccer is great specifically because of the pace? No, soccer pod, you're in the right place, dude. Hello. You know, the pace is so bad. Uh, yeah, I, I know what This isn't – fuck, fuck off, both of you. This isn't golf. That Shit. The pace – I mean, the, we know that women's soccer is a sport that supports portly officials. So that's <laughs> what we know of the pace. Yeah, yours truly, in fact, if we're being really – Really self-evident here. And we'll keep it with you. Am I crazy for thinking there's a worse donut? And what is it? There is, but I'm not going to spend time on worse donuts when there is very clearly a best donut. And everyone can agree that it's the nutty donut. The nutty donut is the best donut by leagues, fathoms even. Oh, Jason can tell you. I go out of my way to find a nutty donut. Is this mm. is this a euphemism thing? Is no, nutty donut. Uh, you might know it as like a peanut donut, uh, which I think is such a stupid name for it. And this is a Michigan thing. They're like, it's a, it's a, it's like a Greg's glazed donut. Michigan. It's a glazed donut covered oh, I know. in nuts. I like know what peanuts. it is. Yeah, I'm wondering nutty, if you're actually donut. talking about donuts or some kind of depraved um, sexual act. act. Yeah, but apparently, no, no, I'm, I'm really into nutty donuts. <laughs> but you still don't know what I mean, so I don't know what I mean at this point either. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Joe Ashworth for Kevin Grack. Yay! Uh, euf- euphemistic Grack, as they call him. For the second consecutive week, Joe Ashworth is sitting on his couch watching MSU play football, blood pressure through the roof, and suddenly yeah. the building-wide fire alarm goes off, and I must watch on my phone until the fire department lets me back in. Is this a bad sign? No, you have to start yanking the fire alarm every week. Every week. Uh, now. Although, I guess we don't want it for last week. Just discover what the differences are between those two fire alarms and go with whatever makes this week's unique. Uh, and finally, from Joe Ashworth, uh, Jonesy, yes or no, would you trade Bielema for Tucker as head coach today? No. God, no. I don't think like, Ishbia can even... afford the the spread, you know. The the, the food spread? Uh, the... <laughs> Uh, We're going to lose no, so many I, listeners for the low-hanging fruit uh, And, and just shitty, shittiness, generally <laughs> speaking. But you know what? Brett Bielema chose to put that windbreaker on. It's not on me. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but no, like, I, I mean, we Greg, we talked about this after the game that we have a, a number of questions about Mel Tucker, but the thing that you, like, he clearly has command of a lot of the mm. the, 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 the program-wide stuff. Yeah. That I'm not sure that that Bert does. And here's the other thing. Things that Mel Tucker would never do is blame other teams' injuries in a post-game conference. Bert can't hold the L. Mel, you know, his keep chopping nonsense is an, maybe annoying at times. I need to watch the film stuff. Annoying at times. 
but never is going to blame anyone but his own team. Yeah. Uh, so Bert, pass. And Bert wanted this job, by the way. Yep. Uh, next up from Ali, Q4 of the game took place during my partner's sister's wedding ceremony. I was following play-by-play on my watch. Uh, how do I prepare to? Ca- how do I preach right. to casuals that Saturday weddings in the fall are? How say don't you? Har- yeah. Har- haram. You can say haram, I guess. Haram, haram, haram. I think Ali's it's haram, a, but, right? But not harem. Yeah, We're not harem. We can thing. agree it's not harem. Ali, Ali's not, having met me, not surprised that I uh, was, did not approach that word with 100% confidence. <sighs> but you now, didn't You, you really <laughs> rushed into it. You really did rush right into it. Now, earlier I said fatwa with confidence. So really rooting for you. Uh, no, you were right. Uh, play by play on your watch is a real decision that you made. But again, uh, I support it. I support it. Easiest thing to sneak. I'll say well, that. No, and if you're going to watch a Big Ten on the ESPN watch on the ESPN app, which of course I've only do, uh, the best way to do that would be by watch, or if you could do it, smoke signal. Uh, all right, uh, uh, Greg. Uh, trends are Hazelton stays. Ells and Johnson shot out of a rocket into the sun. Good. Assuming we have money left over from the aforementioned rocket launch. Do we hire an up-and-coming OC and special teams coordinator on the cheap and dump the rest into a clock specialist? Yeah, uh, it, I haven't looked up Flavor Flav on Cameo. Uh, we'll see what that costs. Um, but Let's then get, the, um, the the rest, the, the rest, uh, the rest go into the coordinators. Uh, next up from the Keith Ski: Paper or plastic, Jonesy? Paper. Uh, Coleman or Reed? This season, I'm taking Reed. And what are you drinking during the games? Uh, same as when we record Miller Lights and Fireballs. Wow, wow, wow. Mike Jones is right there. He can hear you. Brutal. Well, I mean, I don't have Mike Jones stuff right now. I do see the Devil's River, but it just, it wasn't a Devil, Devil's River night. Okay. Next up from Tyrone Couch, have you met an in-person fan base trashier than the Illini? My fellow Guido's in Jersey and U of M at the game, fans are both exceptionally better. It was like Pawn Stars and Orange Ricks dead last on my Big Ten campus tour of fans. <laughs> I mean, I'm co-signing on this take 100%. Yeah, they're bad. I mean, I, yucky. I know literally nothing about Illinois fans. Like, but I don't think you have to. I mean, a hyphenated city name, really all we need. All right, <laughs> Michael Jones, Tyrone was admittedly happy to see an unnamed player not warming up. With that said, did Coach Hawk owe Placenta Horse a favor by getting the PF? <laughs> that dude is a walking penalty, and I hope he has a slight itch on his rectum so he can't play again. I don't know that the, there was really a question here, uh, but I, I, we thought it was uh, BT Jordan from the picture we saw. Mm. Uh, so this is news to me that it was Coach Hawk, um, which it's more disappointing from Coach Hawk because he like played in the pros and you know has had a very successful career in football. And BT Jordan, you know, he spent some time. He's done the personal training. Like I'd forgive the dude. I would forgive the dude. Hawk less forgivable. Um, all right, Greg, I was raised in Southeast Michigan. 313 is not all worn torn Kosovo. I think Plum is going to take exception to that. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and Greg and I, we, you and I were both in the 313 at one point in time, we were. uh, before back in the day, uh, live, he also lived in Southeast Florida. Uh, I'm not going to say that. 
married a wonderful lady from Southeast Tennessee, the only good part of the redneck-filled, racist, pollen-ridden meth factory, Horsterific. Horsterific. <laughs> <laughs> pays off. Uh, Greg, the question is, which state has the best Southeast region? Oh, man. It, I'm, why is it Illinois? <laughs> to high road, you have brought it to my attention that the Southeast is not a good place to be in any state. Um, I'm trying Where's, desperately to find in the one. Southeast? It's got to be Maine. No, it's Central. It's got to be uh, Maine. Is it Portland's Wisconsin? in the Southeast. Well, you get fair. maybe Wisconsin. That's where Milwaukee would be. Oh, uh, Milwaukee's good, yeah. Yeah. But Madison is the better part, and that's not anywhere in the southeast. So it's Maine. That's in the southeast of Georgia, right? No, north by northwest for sure. Oh, definitely wow. not that. Way off. Sorry, my friend. You definitely Cut want that. Answer is Maine. Answer is Maine. All right. Where are we at? Next up, Thomas Zambiasi for Kevin Grack is listening to the radio broadcast typically less stressful. No, this is for Plum. Plum is listening to the radio broadcast typically less stressful than watching, or does it make no difference? Got the end of the game that way, and it didn't seem too terrible. That is for you, Plum. Listen, not paying attention to the game at all is the least stressful way, and that is the way that I will continue to recommend until the end of time. But listening to George Blaha say, touchdown, MSU, is for sure less stressful than having to uh having to watch it mostly because those guys know how to speak directly to your heart when you're just not sure why we did it wrong they will point out a referee's error they'll point out a a foible of the wind anything really anything to give an excuse for this team and that's really all you need as a spartan faithful uh greg with the non-con schedule how is it how how is it uh wait what with the non-con schedule, how it is? Oh, can we say that Izzo is a modern Captain Ahab? Which game is the equivalent of tempering a newly forged harpoon in the blood of a whale during a lightning storm? This question really was for you, Michael. Yeah, mm. answer your own question, Jonesy. Mm. I mean, the the white whale for him comes at the end of the season. So yeah, I mean, but you're tempering tempering it, uh, and so. Uh, for me, that's going to be Kentucky. That's a, that's a, that's, that's slaying one that matters. Gonzaga, the joke is never actually makes it that far. Yeah. So. Mm. All right. right. Next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants, Plum. Uh, what were MSU's biggest blunders yesterday? Was it Peyton Thorne throwing the ball on the last possession? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, What did you distill it? It was Peyton Thorne throwing the ball, period. (laughs) All of them. I mean, Except for the one time he connected with Jalen Berger. And yeah, the touchdowns were nice. No, the biggest blunder was the fucking point after try. That goddamn boob. Ooh, I want to hit him. Ooh, he just made me so <laughs> mad. Ooh, he just hit him. He kicks the ball. He just gets me so good. Oh, he gets so mad. Oh, he makes it feel like the Mark Georgian. Oh, he makes it so mad. So mad. Oh, I'm just going to do it. All right. Next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants. We have so many listeners who weren't around for that, by the way. So many listeners. <laughs> Next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants for Michael Jones. Which of you was the best student? Oh, plump, plump oh tease this one up. <laughs> it was Greg. <laughs> Greg knew what he had to do to make it. Plum did too much. I did too much. Uh, yeah, but by all metrics, uh, every single uh, one, in every conceivable <laughs> way, uh, Plum is by far the best student of the three of us. Greg, if Izzo, forgot, 
Tucker's first name, what would he call him? Hey, 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 football, football, hey. <laughs> football, hey. good, good, that's good. All right, uh, next up, next up for Michael Jones, John Hubbard. I didn't watch the game. Good job, John. Uh, but can only assume by the score that it was perfectly coached. Have you all started? <laughs> have you all started on your apologies to Jay Johnson for downing him this season? This is a good question for you, Mike. Mm, I uh, no no. Jay Johnson's got to go. Oh, good. Um, I'm glad we're there. I'm I'm on Jay. I'm on Ross. I'm on Harlan. And you know what? If you want to throw Ephraim Reed out, I'm fine with that too. Great. Uh, after the game, this is from John Hubbard for Plum. Uh, after the game, Bert said, maybe we need to get bigger. Maybe we need to get smaller. We get to the threshold of it and weren't able to get in. What is he talking about here? <laughs> I think he was talking about trying to replicate all of the uh, injuries that were plaguing the Michigan State team as evidenced by the fact that he blamed them, I think, for their loss. So I don't know. Remember, Bert isn't the Bert isn't what we would call smart. He's not really well spoken. Kind of a Jeep person. Yeah, he. <sighs> you said yes. Clip it. Clip it. Clip it. Right there. Say, Clip it right there. I'm not surprised he doesn't know if it needs to get get bigger or smaller because he can't. He's see only it. well. He's only getting bigger, and that's the other problem for him. All right. Next up from Mopoli for Kevin Gurek. Uh, SHI Stadium. Shit Stadium. Shit. Turns out the lights each time there's a Rutgers score, and it's annoying. If Spartan <laughs> Stadium follows suit this weekend, what do you think happens in the dark? A, MSU finds an actual kicker. B, Hazelton's beard is shaved off. Or C, Sparty's on fire too close to Mel's cigar. Uh, well, the the game's happening at noon, so I don't think it's going to have the same effect unless there's some kind of planet-destroying event that has blotted out the sun. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Mel's having a cigar at the, at the end of days. Uh, next up from Amopoleaf, uh, Jonesy, when the, clips, when the chips were down, Michigan State made the plays, and in what order do you deal out the praise? Thorne, Hazelton, thank you. Dole out the praise. Thorne, Hazelton, Tucker, the team slash program having to save face. Uh, well, that was from Mamopoli, if not for you, Kevin, because I need to connect her, correct her Canadian ways. But uh, um, I'm going to go with... Man, I don't want to really give out any praise on it. I, I, Thorne was good, though I don't think was actually great. Like, I, I thought there was more for him to give. Thank you. Um, very good. Good answer. Hazleton's next. Tucker's third. What? No, Tucker. You know what? Tucker's first. He didn't lose the locker yes, room. His he didn't lose the locker room. That's it. His in-game stuff was bad, but like the Tucker, Thorne, Hazleton, team. I don't. Yeah. Tucker. This it's it's Tucker, team, Hazleton, Thorne, a distant seventh. And. <laughs> All right. Plum. Rutgers special teams does this thing in that they can block punts, recover, and score. Michigan State's 99 needs to do what to be ready for the rush. I don't like when you give the players numbers. We have to call the players out. They're not good enough to be respected. Therefore, I refuse to answer this question. That one, that one is. You mean you mean punt god? Punt, oh, punt, is that? Oh, that's Bryce Berenger. Oh, punt. see, that's how yeah. that's how little I know about their numbers. We punt, don't say punt Jesus. God uh, he doesn't have to do anything to be ready for this. You know why? Because he is punt Jesus. He's gonna punt it through the uprights and into heaven. 
Uh, next question is from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Is Grooch really on the show, or is Jonesy imitating his voice now? It, it's actually just an AI that they trained. And, and it was really easy to train, by the way. Very low bar to clear. Um, but it's good to see that, uh, that the Upper Deck Jerk Guy is hacking into our stuff and, and checking in on us uh, just to verify. Uh, next up for the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, who does at Plum Alex I think will have a better professional career, Max Christie or Peyton Thorne? <laughs> I think I was... No, I'm not even going to try to answer this question. I was trying to make it about how horrible Michigan is. Um, but I can't, I don't know how, uh, neither of them, neither of them. Uh, but frankly, if I had to root for one, it would still be Peyton Thorne. <laughs> Yucky. Last up for Michael Jones. What did you think about Maddie last game? Yes, it will be Maddie this year. We appreciate you. I protect your guy. All right, gentlemen. Uh, Maddie was great. Maddie will be great. We love Maddie. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, this is peak fandom. It is both football and basketball season, and it is my favorite time to do podcasts. And Alex Plum, with his newfound commute, loves it the most. So, with that, I say a resounding go green. We have three games this week. Go. Three games. Go white. Go white. Go sports. White. Go go white. (laughs) Really, even that. (laughs) God, I don't know how you fucking step in it every week. Every time. Whether I mean to or not. <laughs> I hated that for you. <laughs> I, hated, I hated that white. for me. <laughs> that was embarrassing for me. <laughs>